Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Interbalanced Psychology Center. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Dr. Alba Raffaella, psychologist and author of Breaking the Mirror, a story and guide on how to recognize and deal with narcissists, available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Raffa, and joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Anthony D. Hello. Hello, Dr. Raffa. (laughs) How's it going? It's going well. It's June, and we are almost at the end of the school year, which is always a nice thing. And went to a really great wedding last night. Yeah, I wonder who your date was. Yeah. Because I went to a wedding last night. You did? I did. Cool. We so first of all, when you go to a wedding and you don't know anybody except for the people getting married, and then maybe, you know, well, we knew the best man. There's gonna be this thought or concern, not concern, but just kind of like, okay, how long are we gonna stay? We're really not gonna know anybody. And we had the friendliest, coolest table. Table 16. Table 16. Everybody who was at Table 16, I don't remember everybody's name, but Dominic and Melissa were awesome. Alicia, Pete. I think so. And then the couple that was across from us. That danced. uh, Yeah. (laughs) She was like a a dancing machine and they were cool. I forget their names. And of course, Dave Kahn, who has been a best friend of mine for over 25, 30 years. And we love to tell that story about how we met which I'm not going to get into now, but we have the time of our lives. But honestly, I looked around and I think that a lot of other tables would have been just as quick. Just everybody seemed like Dave and Jamie. And by the way, congratulations. They have like all their friends, like everybody. They they seem really, really awesome. Yeah, they were fun. We weren't sure what we were walking into, literally walking into. Yeah. Yeah, we stayed longer than we thought we would, but mm-hmm. we're like we might not stay that long. You know, to be honest with everybody, we might not stay that long. We really don't know anybody, but we'll see. And and man, it was a great time. Yeah, it was very fun. The band was decent this time. Yeah, we digress. We digress, and we now we need to get into Our episode fifty seven. Fifty seven. So let me let me just mention the origin and the brain process of how we landed on this. Mm-hmm. So being that, you know, we have all this streaming, right? Like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, I don't know, Paramount, we have all this stuff. It was recommended to watch Bridgerton it's on Netflix. And then they had just recently, I binge watched, it was kind of like a prequel sort of to the current. See, like it went back and forth, it kind of time jumped like most places do. And there was some accurate history. So that's what got us thinking about the topic for today. Right. So I don't have a title yet, but I think this is a subject matter that we can revisit because throughout history, there's been a lot of, shall we say, unhinged personalities. Some are, you know, nutty as a fruitcake. Others are just a little bit odd or eccentric behavior or quirky. And so we can go back to this topic a lot. Yeah. And we were trying to kind of mix it up because like what came to mind was the royalties, like the insane kind of like royals, which there's a bunch. There's a lot. And you had suggested, let's also talk about people in history who were insane that weren't bored into royalty and monarchy and money. Right. And they accomplished something only because of their title. There were people who were crazy and it's crazy. There's a were insane, but then did something with it. Right. I have two quotes and one is what, I remember well, what made me think this way because, yeah, there's a lot of unstable members of royalty, royal families. But what did they really do with the hierarchy or with a divine right? You're just born into this 
family and you become king. You didn't do anything except for being born and you might be crazy on top of it, which is interesting. And highly likely, especially with incest. Yeah. You know, I keep the bloodline pure, right? But then there's also a quote that made me think of just other people and their accomplishments. And, you know, there's a term, I think we've all heard it one time, you know, in stories, mad genius. He's a mad genius. He's a little crazy. He's great. You have to be a little bit crazy to be a genius. And there's a quote that emulates that. It's a, no great mind has ever existed without a touch of madness. And that was Aristotle. And that's what made me think of going this way. But trust me, we can go back and forth with royalty because there's a lot. And we have two individuals that we're going to focus on as far as being unhinged. Um, unhinged and in, documented historically as being mad royals, you know? Right. And then I have a little game that we're going to play that I looked up. Uh, a couple of other individuals. And I, I'm going to call this game Headlines, and I might revisit it different ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll talk about that later on. But first, quotes. I already gave you one of my two. Give me, give me, uh, what, what's your... What's you're your... going to volley over to me. I'm going to volley. I'm gonna, let, let me volley over to you, ma'am, to okay. doctor. Doctor. Hmm. The difference between insanity and genius is measured only by success and failure. And this is Masashi Kishimoto. Mm. Masashi Kishimoto. Say that again. What's what's not 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 <laughs> not not the, 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 the quote, not the individual. Say the quote. Okay. The difference between insanity and genius mm -hmm. is measured only by success and failure. Okay. So if you are an insane failure, then who cares? But you're successful and you're insane, then that's cool. So basically, you're genius if you succeed. Mm -hmm. I like, like that quote. And it makes, it reminds me of something that I've always noticed this when people are describing either people they know or other people or people in history. If you're insane or crazy and you haven't accomplished anything and maybe you're middle class or you're poor, you're crazy. You're just crazy. You're just crazy. That's if you're a brilliant mind or if you were born rich or you are rich, mm -hmm. you're eccentric. Right. There's a difference. You're not right. crazy. You're eccentric. So it's okay to be crazy because you're an accomplished or rich individual. Right. So if some of these individuals are on, you know, yeah, the spectrum or whatever, like they meet diagnostic criteria, different things for being, maybe it's bipolar, maybe schizophrenic if they're delusional, but if they're successful, then it's fine. Then they, they're considered geniuses. Bill Gates, he was, I don't know if he had any diagnosis of any kind. Well, I'm not sure. Or Elon Musk. Elon Musk might. Well, that's just, a, I think, again, we, where there's a lot yeah. of people lot that of we're examples. going to, this I'm is thinking of tech people. Yeah. Well, lot, you know, so. yeah. Even Steve Jobs was, I mean, erratic, he was. Uh, you know, okay. My, now this is the other quote I had. There is a thin line between crazy and genius. And I have erased this line. And that is by Oscar Levant. I'm not sure who Oscar Levant is. I should have researched him. I apologize. You should have. You said a bad I word. I should have. Oh, man. I tell you what. You said a bad word. I did. We need a bad word jar. I'll put like a dollar in. Okay. Every time I say the should jar. The should Ooh, jar. Ooh. That could be. You're shooting all over yourself. Shooting all over myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what I, I like about this, because I, I find cognitive behavioral therapy and reframing and most things in life, right, is that it depends on how you frame it. Depends on is he a genius or is he insane? It kind of depends on your definition and also how you look at it on in which, I don't know, like well, perspective, right? Well, the Catholic Church thought Galileo was insane. 
because he had this silly idea of the earth revolves around the sun, not the other way around. And, mm-hmm. you know, almost lost his head over it. Yep. And then he recanted because he's like, okay, I'm not going to win with you guys. Like, yeah, you're right. I, I, don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I've yeah. been researching and studying this for years and years and years. Never mind. Never mind. You're good. Okay, so we have two members of royalty, two mm-hmm. royal families. Mm-hmm. And how about, so Joanna the Mad. Mm-hmm. And we have... King George III. King George III. Okay. Why don't you start with King George III? Okay. And we'll go from there. So like I said, I was watching Bridgerton and then there's the Queen Charlotte story. So he was married to Queen Charlotte. So they had this season, basically the most recent season. And I'm watching it and I'm like, I wonder how accurate this is. And I think it was based on a lot of accuracies. So he was depicted in the show, of course, as very handsome, which I don't know if he really was that handsome. Well, there's always an upgrade, right? So it's like if you're going to do a movie about somebody, it's like, okay, I mean, Mm -hmm. they get somebody really handsome to play that part. Of course. And she was okay. Like she was... Supposedly, according to him, beautiful, but whatever. She was all right. Where's she from? Germany. Oh, yeah. Okay. Queen Charlotte. Okay. So he didn't want to get married. He was the eldest son of the Prince of Wales, Frederick, and his wife, the Princess of Saxe-Gotha, is Augusta. So he didn't, according to the, at least the show, I'll just kind of blend a little bit. He didn't want to get married because he had some kind of undiagnosed mental illness. He wasn't interested. He was obsessed with astronomy. And he had like a whole room of like an observatory where he just wanted to be a normal person. He wanted to just be George. And he wanted to farm and just dig with dirt and just not be the king of England. He had a lot of pressure, I think, from it. Well, there's a lot of that in history and royal families, obviously. So you can imagine the pressure that, you know, say a kid has because, okay, his father's a lawyer, his mother's a lawyer. His brother's a lawyer. You know, guess what? You're supposed to be, kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, the pressure that maybe a family might put on you to be or to take over the family store or, you know, whatever, or the business. Well, this is that dynamic on steroids. We run a country. We've been ruling for decades and centuries. We need to groom you to take over. And you don't want to, then what do you do? You know, like, how do you maneuver that, right? Right. So I really liked the show, actually. Like, you had a lot of empathy for him. He wanted to just be George, and he didn't want this big responsibility, and he didn't want to get married, and his mother made him, basically. And back then, they had, like, a council. It was kind of like a parliament type of thing that, I guess, was... Advisors? Yeah, kind of, like a board. And they kind of had to, like, discuss things, and they discuss you have to get married, all this stuff. So he marries this woman. And he hides his mental illness from her. So as I'm watching this, of course, as a psychologist, I'm like, okay, what's up with this guy? Like, why is he acting this way? So he did not want to be around her. He was just like, they're married. They had their marriage, their wedding. I'm sorry. And she went to his, her house. He bought her a house and he went to his and he's just like, yeah, you live there. I live here because he has these episodes. Now the episodes look a little bit like epilepsy, Okay. but he had this crazy doctor, of course, that was resorting to torturous methods. Doctor in the 18th century, which, you know. Doctor in the 18th century. So he was actually, I think a psychologist or psychiatrist, kind of, I I guess a psychiatrist back then. So he said to him, we have to talk to do talk therapy. So I was like, okay, cool. We're doing some talk therapy. It started out that way. And he was talking about his feelings, but then he started like, you know, like punishing him basically. We're going to beat the crazy out of you. Yeah. Like shocking him, (laughs) 
putting the leeches. Remember we did our weird. The leeches. He did that. And then submerging him in ice water. So it was this whole kind of idea like the military to let's break him down in order to build him back up. It sounds like they're making him into like a soldier. Like, kind of. <laughs> well, all these like. Yeah, all these techniques. Reminds me of Deadpool or something like, or Born Identity or something like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. And this guy, like, I think he, had, he was on to some things, but he did say to Ching George, he said, you've been able to tell everybody what to do your whole entire life. You have to be submissive, and I'll tell you what to do. Well, it's like the, these businessmen that, that like the oh the S and M people. Like uh, yeah, they want they want they need a dominatrix, and right. they're yeah. they're billionaires, and and so right. Yeah. It's all this responsibility to, to call lead me a maggot, call me worthless piece of crap. You know, right. right. So I don't know how much of that was true, but I find that interesting in the show. But he ended up supposedly actually falling in love with Charlotte, and she was a. A pistol. Let's go back to this. Wait, real quick. Back to the doctor. The doctor told him, this is what you need. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's that's a great way for him to just bully him. And and, it's for your own good, though. He was desperate, right? And like he had, and for the most part, like he had moments of clarity. So the wife didn't want, Charlotte did not want to not see him. You know, she wanted to like, she was against her will too, getting married. Right. She didn't want to. She was, she was, I think, 17. Right. Transported on a train. Like I have to marry this guy. So like a brood mare. Yeah. Like a dowry and all that stuff. Whatever. Supposedly they ended up falling in love and they had 15 children. Okay. 13 survived and two did not. That's actually pretty good odds for back then. Back then. Yeah. Yeah. So he had these episodes of of basically mania where he would speak really rapidly, which we call pressured speech. And, you know, according to the historians, I don't even know if this is possible, but 400 words within a sentence. I don't even know what that means. So that's a lot of words Mm. just going on and on and on. And like I said, he didn't make any sense. Like he just would be out in the field naked and just like farming Mm -hmm. and obsessed with the stars and the moon. I didn't realize that when the first season that I watched of Bridgerton, they had shown him as an older man. I thought he was just demented. Okay, so this later. was like a backstory. Yeah, to that. Okay. it was a backstory, and I didn't realize it was King George III. So they never said what he had. So their historians are postulating mm. that he had a genetic blood disorder named porphyria, which had symptoms including aches, pains, and blue urine, which is strange. But mental health, you know, professionals believe he had. Most likely bipolar disorder or possibly paranoid, like a paranoid schizophrenia. But I think he, you can tell me, history man, he went on to do some good things, though, despite his suffering. Right? Well, he, he did some good things for the 13 colonies because he, yeah, well, the, time, the trade, right? Yeah, he was the king during the American Revolution, I believe. If, because again, I always get second and third. Used to who did what? Yeah, well, I mean, I, there, again, there's the you know the madness of King George, and that that's the one they're talking about. And if you ever seen Hamilton, the guy who does a couple songs in it, he kind of has like a little oh yeah wild right. cackle to him. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. When he took over, it's the third that took over for the second. The second, yeah, that would <laughs> that would make sense. I just googled it. 1760 to. Was 60 years, right? 60 years was his reign. Yeah. So, wow. So, the country was in the middle of a war with France, as they always were kind of fighting. And uh, he finished and won that. They called it the Seven Years' War. We knew it as the French and Indian War. Yes, he lost the colonies, which was good for, was good for us. <laughs> yeah. And then also, let's see here. Oh, he was part of the coalition that defeated France at Waterloo. 
Oh, wow. All right. So he was king during that. Wasn't, was Napoleon there? Do you remember what that from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Was what? Oh, yeah. He, Napoleon. yeah. Napoleon, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. And he, because the water park was called Waterloo, but he actually liked it. You would think he would. Yeah. That was good foreshadowing if he had a bad time. <laughs> that would have been smart writing. This is how I know my history. That would be good. Well, yeah. Well, Bill and Ted, those two movies were excellent. They were excellent. They could, uh, there, it was an excellent adventure as yeah. well. He, was succeeded. The two sons that he had that had legitimate children did not have sons. And so... Oh, yeah. That was in the movie or the show, too. Out of these 13 kids, they all had no legitimate children. Well, except for daughters. And then Victoria took over. His granddaughter, Victoria, took over. That was at the end of the show. The season, she finally got pregnant. And so, no, the women weren't getting married and the men just were philanderers. And had (laughs) she, the queen said 50 grandchildren. Well, that's just it. Once again, you know, if you have a royal family, you have to, son, you have to get married, procreate, and have legitimate children to inherit the throne. They bug the crap out. Yeah. And and in the show, Charlotte and George did not consummate the marriage initially. I don't know if that's true or not. I I don't see that in my Smithsonian magazine (laughs) right here in front of me, but he didn't want to, I guess. He didn't want to have babies. Well, he had them eventually. So yeah, so most likely bipolar. And it's hard to know because they gave them such like herbal, you know, like re- things back then, like that could have been what turned his, his urine blue. They had all kinds of different things. So they don't really know. And they didn't really uh, have medicine, obviously back then. Hmm. So he just lived most of his life because he was 22 when he got married and he had already had these episodes. They had said, or at least they didn't specifically say in the show, They indicated it was since childhood, Hmm. which is kind of rare, actually. Childhood bipolar is not as common as you think. I bet you he suffered from epileptic seizures, maybe. I mean, he foamed at the mouth and stuff. You would think that they would be able, when he was talking so quickly, his hand would tremor. That when he also was afraid to give speeches. So he had like some social anxiety. Okay, well, he could have had that too. I mean, nobody likes public speaking, right? Right, nobody likes it. He stuttered, I believe. Hmm. So yeah, so that's King George. So that's what started this whole, hey, let me find out about this guy. Okay. Do you have somebody? I have Joanna the Mad, and she has an interesting story. So she is, first of all, a little background, 1479 to 1555, so a bit earlier than George III of England. Daughter of Ferdinand II of Aragon and Isabella of Castile, you know, famously Ferdinand and Isabella. You know, who bankrolled Christopher Columbus, right? She, Joanna the Mad, the daughter, married a, a Philip. Philip the Handsome was his nickname. I bet you that has something to do with his looks. I'm just going to go out on a limb with a chainsaw there. Do you have any pictures of him? No, but maybe we should look. I mean, some, some drawings of him. Yeah. He's the Duke of Burgundy. Stay classy, San Diego. Duke of Burgundy. Yes. Yeah. Scotch. I love Scotch. Here he goes he, down. He's the Prince of Handsome. He's a prince and a duke. No, he no, he's Philip the Handsome. Prince of Handsome. (laughs) I'm the Prince of Handsome, where we only have handsome people. (laughs) You're kind of plain Jane. We need to we need to shun you and kick you out. Sorry. Okay. You're just kind of okay looking. (laughs) You're not handsome. He's not handsome. Like that would be that would be a great role for Ron Burgundy. I rule Ron Burgundy of Handsome. I rule the Kingdom of Handsome. 
So Philip, mm. Philip the first of Castile. <laughs> Sorry, getting back to you. Is, is this who he is? Um, okay, he's Philip, not handsome. Look okay. at this guy. He's, Was he not he's, handsome? Oh, woo. <laughs> he's not that. No. You know what? He might. Ooh. All right, guys, Google him and tell me. Yeah, he's got a long nose and no, he. He's got red hair. Uh, maybe she called him that, you know, and love is blind. Love is blind. <laughs> right, right. You know, maybe he looks better in pictures, but he doesn't. <laughs> All right. In 1502, she suffered from a full mental breakdown and Philip would repeatedly desert her as punishment for her erratic and violent behavior. And she would cry and throw herself against the wall in despair when he would do this. And one time after they were separated for a long time, she finally went back to him and surprised him and found that he had taken with another woman. And she basically, then she took a pair of scissors and cut the mistress's face. Wow. And a lot of women out there was like, that's not crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, um, she deserved it. Sure. Yeah. You know, did she, wait, did she kill her? Or just no, no, no. She just, you know, have probably some scars for the rest of her life. You would think, yeah, you like, have her killed. Like, I mean, King Henry did that, but you know, uh, yeah, off with her head. Right? But yeah. So let's uh, see. Now here's where we get, this is where we're going to go into fourth gear. Ready? September 25th, 1506, Philip dies suddenly after a five-day fever. Okay, some kind of maybe virus overtook him or something. The body was buried, but then <laughs> exhumed and reopened, and Joanna jumped inside the casket. From then on, Philip's corpse went everywhere she did. Have you ever seen Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> it reminds me of Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> right, so when we were talking about this, I'm like, okay, so... Wonder when, where, like a dinner together? And just well, again, it together. was in the casket. So it kept him in the casket. So it wasn't like Weekend at Bernie's, but I was just thinking that. So, oh, oh wait. so the okay, casket yeah. would go wherever she did. So okay. I'm thinking about it maybe, okay, you got 10 really strong guys, pallbearers that are going to oh. pallbear for a few years. I was imagining it was her, his corpse that was. No, they kept him in the casket because I'm going to imagine the smell. I mean, <laughs> they didn't have embalming fluid. Though. No, they did. I think they did. But still, Smell. it's just, yeah. I mean, again, like, hmm. I'm, I, you know, a corpse after a few years, you start losing your looks. I mean, you start losing. He's not handsome. Anymore. He wasn't handsome anyway. But to her, I'm still thinking, you know, it's not the same thing. Anywhere she traveled to dinner and even bedside when she would open up the casket and she would talk to him and gaze at him longingly. And then finally. She do other stuff. Final, I don't know. It, now, I did. I looked. Nothing that was reported, but it wouldn't shock me. Okay. No, going this. I mean, going to these lengths. You know, if she had necrophilia. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. And then finally, a yeah. few years later, the body was buried, but it had to be outside of her window. That was, I guess, the negotiation that mm. was made. So she could see it. Yes, exactly. Wow. And historians have surmised that Joanna of Castile suffered from a range of mental problems, <laughs> including <laughs> psychosis, schizophrenia, and manic depression. Mm -hmm. I would say that that's more, more of a psychosis, schizophrenia, okay. than a bipolar. Well, there's a diagnosis of bipolar disorder now, one and two. One can have psychotic features. So, yeah. <laughs> I would say that. Yeah, I would say that classified. Do they have kids? Yeah, they had daughters though. Oh, yeah. So they didn't. She didn't obsess about her kids. She just. Oh, probably them. not. No, just. No. And go, she never go. remarried. Oh, does any guy have a chance with that? Good luck. Don't mind this corpse. <laughs> hey, you know. That's sad. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. She got herself off the dating apps. 
because she had a corpse yeah. nearby. All right, so not cool. All right. Ready to play a game? Uh, right. I'm calling headlines. Headlines. Okay. okay. And so, in, in, and I got this off of Cracked website. You remember the, the magazine Cracked? No. It was an old magazine. I'm supposed to know this? Yeah, well, it's okay. You're older than me. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of like <laughs> mental floss. Are you familiar with that? Mental floss. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, and I researched these a little bit. Now, there were two of them that I am not using because I couldn't find confirmation or sources that they were true, but I wanted them to be true. Okay. And so those two I'm not using. One of them was John Quincy Adams paid for or wanted to go and explore the mole people, a <laughs> civilization known as the mole people, but he only had one term and then he couldn't do that because he only had one term in office. I could not find, that was, fa I was like, oh, I hope this is true. I couldn't find anything to confirm it. So I'm not reporting on that, but I am telling the story because it's interesting. Right. And the other one was that Martin Luther, the OG, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, he believed that there is healing powers in extremate and he ate his own shit every day. I couldn't find any confirmation on that, <laughs> but I had a great headline for that because it was been like, this religious icon eats shit and likes it. I, so I can't <laughs> use that headline now because, you know, but I did. So I still kind of used it. All right. Wait, wait, I have one to debunk. Can I, can I just mention mine real quick? Yeah, sure. Caligula. Oh, yes. Right. So the myth with Cal Caligula was that his horse was his consul. So... The horse invited people over for dinner. Now I'm imagining it's, it's was not it was debunked, I guess, as a myth. But I'm imagining they're sitting at the table and the horse is sitting at the table mm. <laughs> eating with <laughs> eating certain things that a hay back then. Yeah, a lot of hay. They like a lot of things. Can you imagine just sitting at this table with this man and his horse? Like, well, what do you think? Mm. Oh, wait, what was his name? Did I tell you what his name was? The horse's name. A horse is a horse. Yeah, what's his name? I can't pronounce it. Okay. Is it some Italian or Greek? You would think it would be. He actually had a name, so it was a specific horse. His name. Well, he was nuts for a lot of different Well, yeah. <laughs> he was evilly, evilly nuts, you know? It was incitatus. Incitatus. I-N-C-I-T-A-T-U-S. Point to it. Where's that? In oh. Incitatus? Uh, Incitatious. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So it's a myth. So we can't include those, but we mm. can discuss them as we just did. Yeah. Well, when we get to the Roman emperors, I mean, there's a lot. There's Nero. There's a bunch oh of them. Yeah. And speaking of horse, there's an old, well-known urban legend that Catherine the Great of Russia mm -hmm. had sex with her horse because she was very amorous and insatiable. And there's a rumor that she did that, but there's no, that's like the big rumor. Like That's like, it's a story. It's a fable. It's not true, but everybody knows it. It's kind of like Marie Antoinette did not say, let them eat cake, but right, knows that. that. <laughs> you know, everybody knows exactly. Famous for it. Okay. Right. All right. Go for it, man. Okay. So here is your first headline. This general, general president is the first never nude before <laughs> arrested development mm -hmm. developed. Uh, developed. It's a long headline. I know. It is. I'd have right. to shorten it. So here are your choices. Ready? Yeah. I'm looking at you. All right. Andrew Jackson. George Washington, or Ulysses S. Grant. And I'll go into detail, but just from the headline. I would say Ulysses S. Grant. That is correct. So here is, and this is, you know, I double-checked this. So Ulysses S. Grant 
He worked to sweep slavery, protect African-American citizenship, and support economic prosperity in the wake of the Civil War. He also never let anybody see him nude. In his late 60s, Grant bragged that no one had seen him naked since he was a child, not even nurses and aides who were assigned to help him during the war. He was proud of this. Mm. Shy? I don't know. I guess his wife would. Maybe not. Maybe. I mean, again, it doesn't go into that. Like... You would think by she would, well, you but can, but he would you, you know do the deed and keep it. Clothes. I told you, lights off. Well, you can keep <laughs> your clothes on. Yeah, there's that too. Okay, yeah. I mean, but like, well, when do you shower or when do you when do you bathe? Like when there's nobody around at all, like ever, or do you keep your clothes on like that dude in Arrested Development who has those lo- those with the, with the um, jean shorts, the psychiatrist with the jean shorts, the never nude. Yeah. All right. So wow. then, funny. All right. Here's the next headline. Hollywood icon throws cream pies at naked women. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so anyway, I was thinking about we can maybe go to a bakery later. Yeah. You and me. What do you want? You want to? You want Let me to? Test, test that out. See what all the fuss is about. You want to do I'm going to throw some cream pies at me. <laughs> it's a waste of good cream pies. Want, okay. I don't want anyway. Want all right. To, we have to clean it up. Mm. Okay, uh, stop. Stop it. Go ahead. Uh, Okay, the people. (laughs) people. Charlie Chapman, Rudolph Valentino, or Groucho Marx during the early stages of Hollywood, Mm -hmm. who threw cream pies at naked women? Charlie Chapman. Charlie Chapman is correct. Ding, ding, ding. So... Wonder how this happened. Well, so, this is how. Okay, this, so I have a little follow up on it. You're going to report on this. All right, so uh, let's see. He used to throw custard pies at naked women. Chapman invented the quote casting couch in the sickest way possible. I don't know if this is the sickest way possible, but I'm sure there's sicker. Yeah, I'm sure there's way worse <laughs> than this. He'd audition, and once again in quotes, actresses by having them strip naked so he could mime fondle them. I don't what. Mime fondle. Wait, M-I-M-E or M-I-M-E? Yeah, M-I-M-E. Like a mime. mime. Mm, right. Mime fondle. Like I'm like so like so, I'm barely touching but not touching their bodies. Like a mime? Like when they're in the box? He's weird. Like, okay. I don't know. We gotta figure out. <laughs> and um yes. Mime. I'm gonna Google mime fondle. And you know what it's gonna say? WTF. Why? Like, yeah. What are you what are you Googling? It's gonna say, yeah. why are you asking me this? Oh, another guy that read that Charlie Chapman article. Okay. So uh he stripped them naked and then after the mime fondle, I guess that's foreplay, <laughs> then he'd pelt them with custard pies. Pelt them. He'd pelt just... them. I love this. That's a good word. Pelt them. Pelting. Now stand still so I can throw pies at you. All right, turn around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. Oh, he's a kook. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Mime fondling. I Googled it. Okay. Okay. So I think mime handling is fondling with clothes on. Well, wait, they took their clothes but off. But no, that, no, that's before that. So he would mime fondle them and then ask them to strip so he'd get down and dirty with the cream pies. Well, ah. look, when I looked it up, that's what came up. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. <laughs> so see, it's, 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 it's the only one that mime fondled. Oh, you read that article too. Okay. That's, yeah, it's probably. He would fondle in a comical mime fashion. Hmm. Okay. Mime fondle. Okay. It's an, a dark and dirty romp. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jeez. Next. Okay. This, okay. Accomplished scientist 
is a obsessive compulsive. That's not really a good headline. I'm sorry, but okay. Which one of these three? OCD scientists. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Again, go figure. Right. Mm. Okay. Tesla, Edison, Einstein. Tesla. Yes. Nikola Tesla. Nikola. Is uh, again radio. You know, a major part of radio, electricity, AC, computers, robotics, radar, ballistics, nuclear physics, and he was a severe germaphobe. Mm-hmm. who refused to touch anything bearing the slightest hint of dirt, and he refused to touch anything round. Ooh. Hmm. So a banana was fine, but not an orange. Right. Hmm. Nothing round. Can you get through life not touching round things? There's some things that I like to touch that are round. Like what? Like M&Ms? <laughs> oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> M&Ms. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. wow. A ball? You can, <laughs> oh, that means he didn't play pickleball. Mm. And then also, <laughs> before entering a building, he would walk three times around the block. He would only stay, okay, he was obsessed with the number three. Yeah. All right. And then he would only stay in hotel rooms divisible by three. Yeah. And at each meal, he would use 18 napkins Three stacks of six. Whoa. Yeah. So when people have specific, there's different subtypes of OCD. Some do the mental exercises. Some have the cleansliness and the orderliness of things, persecutory, you know, OCD. But he had a combo, right? Like the cleansliness, not touching round things, and then obsessed with the number three. Right. They often are the counters. Like they have to touch something three times. Hmm. But let's see. So. Yeah, I guess as a combo, I would say so. It definitely has OCD for sure. <laughs> Could you imagine? And last but not least, we have a bean counting composer. And the choices are, and I'll tell you the story behind it, Beethoven, Bach, or Mozart. And again, you, it's just a wild guess because mm. what can you go by that? Oh, yeah, that's tough. Okay, so I did read a little about Beethoven and I didn't see that. There, but I'm gonna say Mozart. It was indeed Beethoven, oh, but but wasn't in these mind. are the beans that he's counting, and here and again, compulsive coffee uh, beans behavior. Yes, it was coffee beans. So Ludwig von Beethoven did much of his work while on the move after a daily breakfast of coffee and coffee only. He often obsessed, and he counted sixty beans by hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would have that every morning. And then also, let's see. Oh, here it is. His secretary reported that he would often pace around his room and repeatedly pour jugs of cold water over his head, mm-hmm. humming to, I guess, to get motivation and staring off into space and deep meditation. I read that he may have suffered from bipolar disorder as well, because he had explosive fits and also intense mood swings, as well as long bouts of lethargy and melancholy. (laughs) So that may have been, you know, during those times, maybe when he worked intensely and did most of his work, as a lot of musicians do, was during the manic episodes, and then they sink into a deep depression or sadness. So a little bit of an OCD. So just coffee beans, not lima beans. No, thank God it's not lima beans. No, just, I mean, but it had to be 60. 60 right. coffee beans. That's so like, like a specific, yeah, that's yeah. like an OCD thing. It has to be that number. And he did love wine. So he died at 56 for cirrhosis of the liver. Mm. 
because he was a wino. So I would say he also had alcohol abuse independence as well. I'd say so. Right. Yeah. What came first, chicken or the egg? The alcohol or the mania? Who knows? I don't so know. So I got almost all of them. I got three out of three. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, this game has nothing to... So <laughs> it's just a silly headline. And, winner, you know, winner. Chicken, chicken dinner. dinner. Yeah. You Do I win chicken dinner? <laughs> chicken dinner. I think you need to eat. You're lightheaded <laughs> now. I, need... I think you need to eat some kind of dinner. Probably. Okay. It's dinner time almost, right? All right. So... I'm going to pelt you with cream pies later. <laughs> Great. That's my dessert cream pies. Oh gosh. All right. So like I said, this episode, we could always go into with more. I'll come up with uh, a title for insane it. Insane people. Mm-hmm. And you'll come up with a insane title. Insane in the membrane. Um, mad the time geniuses. you listen to this, we'll have a title. Yes. Yeah, I'll try to do a, a play on words and make it punny. Or alliteration. Yes. Oh, alliteration is always good. I like alliteration. So as always, thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. Email us if you have any questions at info at innerbalancepsychology.com. And remember to stop it and give yourself a chance.